Oh, it's so good for you, for real fun for everyone. You're listening to Out Loud Orlando, the Homo Happy Hour, the most unique radio show and podcast heard of its kind. Every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time here at WPRK 91.5 FM. I am your host, DJ Crazy JC John, and this is episode 112. 112. We are back, and you hear him there. It's Tom the Elderberry. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, lady. It's been a few weeks. It has been, honey. I tell you, I'm so glad to be over the flu. I'm so glad to be over my boy George face. I'm so glad that your knee is better. <laughs> That's my, uh, I'll tumble for you. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's why we've been out the last couple weeks. And oh my gosh, that's one well, of I the Well, I hope things. everybody had a good New Year. Yes, a great holiday and New Year. Cause we, we haven't been here since before Christmas. Right before Christmas. Yeah, like the week before. Yeah. So, I had a great Christmas. I, it was the day after that I had started get That was like the day after was when we, it hit us, the flu. We had, um, we had Christmas, and that day Paul's throat was scratchy. And then the 26th, it was fever Bam. city. Yeah, fever city. Oh, achiness, everything. Yeah, and mine was New Year's Eve night that I decided to be an acro cat. Yes. Not very good. <laughs> Helping our mutual friend put up a, a picture or... Um, yeah, hang hanging things. Yes. And we ended up bouncing around things. <laughs> and you bounced right off the ladder. Right off the ladder, into the counter, Ouch. onto the hammer, and into the refrigerator. Oh, my God. It was very attractive. I wish we would have filmed it. Yes, yes. That could go on America Funny Video. You could win $10,000. That would have been nice. Yeah. It probably would have paid for my guide wall visit. That's what I was saying. Might pay for the medical visit for it. Seriously. <laughs> so, let's go on into two things, which it could be more than two things since it's been a few weeks, but do you have, what's yours? I've got two from just today. I know. <laughs> That's true. My first one is I'm still happy that I can win radio content. Yes. I got a ticket, a uh, gift card to Maxine's on Shine, on Shine for answering probably one of the oldest Riddle. riddles ever. Mm -hmm. So I was really happy about that. What was the riddle? Um, what has a head and a tail but no body? And I kept thinking of a paragraph, but a paragraph is a... And what is it? It's a coin. Uh, and that makes total sense when you say it's coin. Then it's like, yes, it does. It's one of those old riddles that was already in my head, and they said it. I'm like, bloop, I know the answer to that. <laughs> and then right after that, my car exploded. That is crazy. Shout out, out of to nowhere. Out of nowhere. Shout out to the people at Triangle Auto Parts on Fairbanks and Winter Park. Mm -hmm. They're lovely people. They've diagnosed my problem, and they're letting my car sit there until I can have it towed after the show. Uh, yeah. So thrilled. <laughs> what are your two things? My, well, my first one is the flu was really good for weight loss. I oh, got, yeah. I, I went down because we didn't eat for like four days. Yep. You would go to eat something, and then you'd say, no, I just don't want this, even soups and broths. And you couldn't keep it down if you did eat something. So I ended up going down to 146 and a half. But now that I'm skinny. now that I know now that I'm eating again, I'm at 149, which I'm like, I, I'm OK with 150. 
that's where I'm, I'm like, I'm okay with 150. But also about the flu. My goodness, we had it for a week. The cough lingered. It's, I still have cough here and there. And we both had our flu vaccine. So my goodness, I can't imagine how horrible it is if you don't have a flu vaccine. Yeah, my sister had COVID for 10 days over Christmas. Oh my. They tested before and nine days into it, they're still testing positive. I'm like, um, have a good Christmas. Here's your present. Bye. Right. Yeah, no. I mean, my RSV that I had took, what, 10 days? Mm-hmm. A week to get over? Mm-hmm. And then get All it this again. Aerosolized things that are in the air right now. It's a, a triple demic, girl. And I tell you, when I had the flu, even right whenever. The, where I, I didn't have a fever in the daytime, but I did that night. But that day, I was like, okay, I've got to get to the store and get some stuff. So I wore my mask and everything. I was like, I don't know if I'm still contagious. I don't want to give it to anybody, but I have to go to the store and get some stuff. Yeah. Some food. So that was my first one, which is kind of the other. And my second one is, on the right meds, your holiday doesn't have to be gloomy. <laughs> Are you talking Mucinex and Robitussin? No, I'm talking about the right mental meds. Oh, right. Antidepressants, antipsychotics, whatever someone may need. They added one into me over the holidays that uh-huh. messes with my plumbing parts. Uh-huh. And it messed with my psych meds. So for five days, I'm like, this is not good. But I knew going into it. So I was able to say, okay, this is just the meds getting right. into my body. Getting You'll bounce back. It. But it was rough. Yeah. But on the right meds, um, well, I mean, not to be dark, but I lost my, but we lost my stepmother. She died, Alzheimer's got her. Um, as she passed away in her sleep overnight, early morning it was. But, um, but it still, the holiday wasn't gloomy. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't gloomy. It was, you know, it's sad. It was, I don't know, it's weird, I guess, when, with it being Alzheimer's, it's more of, the, there was anticipatory grief and stuff. I feel more for my dad, right. Yeah, of course, um, because, you know, now my sister's been with him, but she went back home, and now he's by himself there, although my stepsister lives just the next town over. Yeah, it's hard. So they do. But, yeah, yeah, but on the right meds, it wasn't gloomy. <laughs> That's good. I actually had a very fun holiday season. Um, I did not stay up till midnight on New Year's. Nope. I can't anymore. Yeah, no, my New Year's was just completely jacked up. Yeah. Well, I, you- I went to a housewarming party, and I was there 90 minutes, and there were people that were arriving that I just really didn't want to spend two years with, so I right. got in the car and went home. <laughs> I was home at 9.30. Uh-huh. That's how we stayed home. I was, well, we were still sick, too. That's that's the main yeah, reason. main reason. <laughs> we were still fevered and sick, and not we were still very fluish. Fluish. Not, yeah. to be, we're not to be confused with being fluent. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I tell you what. And, and another thing about the holidays that I really loved was, uh, although I... It, my, my green medicine, my medical marijuana, oh my gosh, I couldn't believe how much, how I had just gotten some, but right before I got sick, God, for the holiday sales, 
And then I got sick, and it's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe how long it lasted. Right. It lasted, I mean, I'm still not done with it because because anytime I use it, I cough. Right. I still cough when I'm using my medical marijuana. Not good, girl. Give your lungs a rest. Oh, I, I've had to. I've had to do edibles instead. Probably better for you. Yeah, it's a whole different feeling, but it, it lasts. It's not like the other way where you just eat and it's gone. No, you eat and it's still there, if not more. <laughs> I love a good edible. It helps get me through the gloomy holidays. <laughs> it helps me get through. <laughs> so local. I don't know if this is the week or not, but at Savoy on Tuesday nights, every other Tuesday night, there's a comedy show with Gregory Met. And Brendan Bunting O'Connor is doing his drag bingo and dance party at Tactical Brewing. And at Persimmons Hollow by Lake Eola, um, the bottom of the E-O-N, is Miss Tree Hugger's Bingo, yep. which used to be Taffy's. Yep. Um, and in Kissimmee, if you're in the Kissimmee area or venturing out that way at Club Secrets, is Twyla Holiday and April Fresh with their guests for the night on Tuesdays. And then afterwards, there's a circuit party that is clothing optional. Circuit party. Yeah, I know. The way they call it, that's like, what? <laughs> but a lot of people seem to stay around after the show and dance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what else is going on. There's lots going on. Twisted Tuesday, of course, tonight. That is that Southern Nights. Yep. Sundays at 5 o'clock is the Bear Hour over at District Dive. And they also got their new neon sign, which looks beautiful. Oh, really? Right on the corner of Bumpy and South yeah. Street, so it hangs over top of it. Stunning. Yeah, I haven't Absolutely seen it beautiful. I haven't been by there yet, especially at night when it's going to be on. Yeah, even in the daytime, you can see it. the colors are great. Yeah, cool. But other than that, I don't know. Shangela's coming. Shangela's coming. Yes. The With? February the 1st at, at Steinmetz Hall. Oh, really? Yes. Tickets are on sale now at drphillips.org. That's pretty awesome. I did not know that. I love Shandela. To be honest with you, of all the drag race, Shandela's my favorite. There's been a lot of good ones. There's been a lot of good ones, but Shandela is my utmost favorite. I just think she's an excellent entertainer. Oh, see, I love Bianca. She's gone. Oh, so do Because I, I lived in She's New good. Orleans when she was coming up, and she was not quite as bold as yeah. she is now. Yeah. But, yeah, she's just a, a card. Yeah, she is. And she's done a lot with her winnings, too. Absolutely. Or, and not even the winning, because Shangela never won, but she's been, she just, Shangela. Keeps her name in everybody's mouth, honey. Stays relevant. Dancing with the Stars, her world tour. Mm-hmm. Which she was the first drag queen on Dancing with the Stars. Yep. And then in the last season was JoJo Siwa, who was the first one to be a woman and a, a girl and a girl dance together. Right. So, it's Dancing with the Stars is really coming along. They're making inroads. Yes, they are, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think of other local stuff that's going on. There's all kind of local stuff happening. You can also look in your local paper, Orlando Weekly and Watermark, and they'll also tell you things that's going on. And Facebook. 
I, and I, I'm so happy for Gidget and um, Adrian and Divine Grace, Divine Grace and Ginger Minge because they have a five-week stint doing the Golden Gals in Chicago. I know. It's five. It's a five-week gig. Which is great for them. That's awesome. Yep. I mean, they just finished their tour, and then they got back here to do Golden Gals Christmas here, and now they went to do it over at, no, not Christmas, but just to do Golden Gals Live in Chicago. They'll make a, a, a lot of people happy doing that show, though. Yes. Yeah. Bravo for y'all. I think that's great. Yeah. That's great. I mean, just to go around and tour... That was, they must be really... Can you imagine being a fly on the wall? Right. <laughs> I think it'd be really fun. and be a, If they were to shoot, like, behind-the-scenes stuff, I know it'd be a hoot. Yeah. You know I it mean, would. Divine posts a lot of back stuff. Yeah. So it's pretty cute. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So... I've read that about this. Now, this goes back to Christmas because it was a drag queen Christmas that was done in Miami or actually in Fort Lauderdale. And now Florida is investigating the drag queen Christmas show. It was billed as adult content. It was the Murray and Preeter presented drag queen Christmas hosted by Nina West. And it has a whole bunch of drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race in it. So now Florida's top business regulators are investigating complaints against it. It was in Fort Lauderdale, and according to the organizer, required attendees who were minors to be accompanied by a parent and warned about adult themes and content. Now that's the second time this year that has happened, because Governor DeSantis, um, he scrutinized a drag queen performance before for allegedly exposing children to a sexually explicit performance. That was a brunch at our bar. And that was, yes. And then they also had the um, the Florida Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms show up at Plaza Live mm-hmm. to make sure that people on the 26th that brought their kids there were, everybody was above board on what was going on. Which was also a Murray's and Peter's show. Same show. Same as that show, yeah. They did the, they harassed the last two of it because they were in Florida. Yep. Orlando and Florida. Yep. And Republicans across the country increasingly criticize drag performances, which involve entertainers of all genders dressing in elaborate and sometimes provocative costumes and enacting choreographed routines that feature songs from popular artists. Now, this place, this place uh, has, it's now being investigated by um, Florida Department of Business and Professional Regulation, which has arrest powers. And... Was it at the Broward Center? Yes. Wow. And at one one point of it, it said that it was going to be. Um, it, it, they're saying that it, this event was marketed to children, but they had been promoted to all ages. But they said that admission is limited to patrons eighteen years of age or older, unless accompanied by a parent. And yeah, because did. they serve alcohol. It's just like you couldn't just go get a ticket and go as a child. Exactly. And the center, uh, December 17th version of the event page said that it was an all-ages show that may contain adult content. So there was this guy there, and his name is Chris Nelson. He's a conservative social media activist. 
he started shouting at the performers through the show, halfway about it, screaming that children are present. And then the crowd booed him, and the performer said that the performer was addressing a 35-year-old in the audience, not children. So Nelson comes out and says, it's not right to have drag shows with children at all. And he, as he is being e escorted out, he's screaming that. You should arrest them for having children at this thing. That is who you should be arresting, is what he told officers, because he was actually arrested for... But aren't their parents out. bringing their kids, and don't parents get to decide? Exactly. Exactly. They had the same problem here in Orlando. There was pickets for both pro and against, but they interviewed a lady that was bringing her daughter, and she's like, I'd much rather bring her to this yep. than to take her to a movie where people are being killed. Yep. Yep. And they're looking, the state's trying to revoke their liquor licenses for, for doing it. It's just the culture wars, 20, 23. 2023, very much is. Very much is. And the event was investigated by a state after a video amplified to a national audience by Canadian conservative activist Lauren Chen showed a partially clad drag performer leading around a little girl during a brunch performance. That was the one that you had talked about the first one, the other right. one they did. But they, on Tuesday, uh, not this past Tuesday, but on that Tuesday, that Department of Business and Professional Regulation Secretary, Melanie Griffin, not... <laughs> Yeah, not her. <laughs> not her. Sent a letter to the event organizers of the drag shows Miami Stop at the James L. Knight Center warning they could lose their liquor license if they allow children to attend the event. <sighs> Amazing. Amazing what... And that Charles Nelson, or Chris Nelson, I mean, he, he tweeted a video that's been viewed more than tw 2 million times Oh, good for him. About it. Well, he was against it, so. But, kind of like, welcome to Chip. I've been watching a lot of Chippendale shows on Hulu. Welcome to Chippendales. And then I watched this, uh, The Secrets of the Chippendale Murders. Right. And that just kind of reminds me of there because, because Steve Benergy would say, bad, bad publicity is still publicity. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. It really is. So I can't believe that. I was like, what? Florida. Oh, Florida. Oh. So next, this is a nice little ditty. Fly Me to the Moon by Frank Sinatra, who sang it. Yeah. It's actually a gay love song. What? Yes. How? It was written by... Um, it, it was composed and written by Bart Howard, and he had a male partner. His partner, Thomas Fowler, with him were together for 58 years up until Howard's death in 2004. So it's most likely certainly about their relationship. There's a very real possibility that my wife and I would not be together without this song, is what one person shared on Twitter. And someone says, not my queer, but singing this at my cousin's wedding, tipsy for free, all dance portion, considering it's my coming out, I guess. Okay. Different people are, like, really coming out, you know, and, like, are loving it. And what's even better is that it was once covered by Judy, I Judy Garland, uh, who is a big-time queer icon. It was also used in a queer video game favorite, Bayonetta. So... It's, it's, 
you know, really cool that Fly Me to the Moon was written by a gay man. And well, there's probably a lot of songs that were written by gay people that were closeted. Exactly, because it came at a time where being gay was actually uh, against the law. Right. Did you see Babylon? No. There's a song in there at the beginning that puts my neck, my back. Oh, really? And it's an actual song from 1920. Oh, wow. I was gagged and good. Oh, wow. That's cool. That is really cool. So Fowler died a few years after Howard in 2007, and they're both buried together in Texas. Aww. I just think that's really neat. But like you said, there's probably many people who are gay and they're writing... Who are songwriters. And they're writing these songs about love. Well, yeah, because a lot of them... I mean, as we're finding out, wasn't Julie Stein gay? I think so. (coughs) Bless you. That was a call. Oh. (laughs) And that's why I moved from the mic. I'm like, oh, no. Um, Yeah, I just think that's so cool. Yeah, that's amazing. I just think it's really, really cool. I was like, really? Frank Sinatra's Fly Me to the Moon is actually a gay anthem? He just sang it. He didn't know what the right. what the deeper meaning was behind the, it being written. Right, and it's not like it's not like nowadays where, like Lil Nas X, we know, right? You know, he's gay, and the songs he's writing about are gay. It's talking about gay stuff. That's what I really want. Yeah, we we're like now it's now they can do that, but back then they had to be closeted. Subversive. We've come so far, and, and we yet, yet we have so much further to go. We do. And this week's episode of Your Gay History, History. we're going to look at George Michael, God rest his soul. You mean the Wham? From Wham, yes. There were five times, we're going to look at five times that gay icon George Michael was frank, fearless, and radically proud of his sexuality. Oh, yeah. Now, he's been gone he, he passed away, I forgot it was Christmas Day. 2016. 2016, yeah. The worst year of my life. And he's left behind lasting legacy of music, philanthropy, but also one of being radically sex and queer positive. I can tell you what one of them was. What? When he was out, after he got busted. Yes. Yep. What The first one is, in 1998, he released a, peer, a queer of art and he returned the music with outside it satired his arrest and sent in a statement to anybody who thought he might retreat back into the closet and the video was set in a men's bathroom complete with a disco ball light up floor and policemen and, and policemen which george michael was dressed up as an lapd officer too that was so funny and in the, in the part it says i'd service the community but i already have you see references to the punishment that he was given and servicing. And yes. And the second one is when he came out to support those living with HIV. The same year that he was outed, 2016, he fronted the Emmy Award winning documentary Staying Alive. And at the time, HIV was stigmatized. It still is, some mostly. But he used his privilege and his position to give young people living with the virus a platform and also would share his own story about losing his first love to the HIV virus. And throughout his life, he continued to support HIV causes. 
He was a prolific supporter of the Terrence Higgins Trust, which paid tribute to him on what would have been his 57th birthday. He even wrote the song Fast Love is basically about HIV. Yeah, exactly. In 2005, when he was criticized, the media sanitized representation of gay men. He talked to The Guardian in 2005, a gay magazine. He addressed the way he responded to his outing and skewered the way queer sexuality was sanitized by the media. He said, gay people in the media are doing what makes straight people comfortable, and automatically my response is to say, I'm a dirty, filthy man, and if you can't deal with it, you can't deal with it. Yep. So he was standing up for it, saying, hey, we don't need to conform and do what makes straight people comfortable. We should just be ourselves. Agreed. Also, in 2006, when he said there was no shame in cruising, he enjoyed cruising. And in 2006, when he was arrested at London's most famous cruising spot, afterwards he called up Channel 4's Richard and Judy show to explain that he and his partner, Kenny Goss, who he was with until 2009, had no issue with it. He said, you can't be in shame about the situation if the person isn't shamed, and I'm certainly not that. Right. I should be able to be what I want to young gay people, which is a man who has succeeded in the industry for 25 years. Yeah. And the fifth one is in 2011 when he sent a tweet that said, I have never and will never apologize for my sex life. Gay sex is natural. Gay sex is good. Not everybody does it, but ha ha. Everybody should. Everybody should. Yep. I want your socks. Yep. So. Well, rest his soul. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right for you, George Michael, for standing up. A lot of people don't think about him being as, uh, as you know, someone who was an activist for us. You know, but when you look at it, yeah. I was at Billy and Tony's house for a David Bowie Christmas. Mm-hmm. And an hour in, George Michael died. And it went from a David Bowie Christmas to a George Michael Memorial. Oh, George. Yeah. Yep. It was Playing crazy. Playing all wham and, yeah. and his own stuff. It was just shocking. He was such a pretty boy when, he, when, they, when they first came out, when Wham first came out. He was out. just so talented. Yeah. Very talented. That was sad. It was 2016 sad. was just sad all around. <laughs> it really was. 2017 wasn't much better. Right. Um, well, so. Wow. Start your engines. We talk about the don't say gay bill a lot. Yes. And now, uh, District of Columbia, D.C. Attorney General is saying that the don't say gay bill is unconstitutional. So, he has taken the lead in a fight against Florida's so-called don't say gay bill. Carl Racine is leading a pack of 18 attorney generals who has filed a federal brief saying the law is unconstitutional. They contend that the Florida Act is causing, by example, significant harm to students, parents, and teachers in other states. It is. Mm-hmm. And the act was designed to protect children and preserve parental choice around the teaching of LGBTQ plus issues. It outlaws classroom instructions on those issues through the third grade. Well, now they've just expanded that. There's a new house bill that's going to take it through high school. Yep. And there is a group of students, parents, teachers, and organizations that are challenging the act in federal district court. 
They say that it violates the Equal Protection Clause and the First Amendment, which is how I feel. Yeah, I'm 100% on Yep. Racine had said in a statement that the law is causing significant harm to students, parents, teachers, and other states, and that non-inclusive educational environments have severe negative health impacts on LGBTQ students, resulting in increased rates of mental health disorders and suicide attempts. And if you look at the other states that joined, they're actually really good states. Yeah. I mean, yeah. not that any state is a bad state, but it's like California and Massachusetts and New York and Pennsylvania and all the ones that realize equal is equal. Yeah. Yeah. The attorney general, the other ones that are joining him are from California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Hawaii, Illinois, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, Nevada. New York, Oregon, Rhode Island, and Washington. So it's a large amount of them. And he's leading the amicus brief with New Jersey um, Attorney General Matthew Plankton. So I'm like, there, you know, that's what we need is someone that's going to fight this stuff. And that's a lot of states. That's a lot of attorney generals from a lot of states to come out and say, hey, this ain't right. And then we have the 13 from the red states that have filed their own amicus brief. Right. That they want to, <sighs> they want to totally do away with drag queens. I never thought I would be 60 years old and still fighting for equality. Exactly. Exactly. And not just my equality, for the kids that are coming up now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there are some good things that happen. There was a couple... That were being bullied, anti-gay bullied, at a restaurant that they both worked at. Well, they sued the company and they were awarded almost $150,000 after severe anti-gay bullying. That's not a whole lot of money, though. It isn't. um, But the judge has said that the evidence of discrimination was so overwhelming that it would be perverse to find otherwise. Yay, judge. Yes, that's what I say. Yay to the judge for that. Yay, judge. For that, for finding it. So it was a married couple, Tim Jernick and Marco Scatina. They were awarded almost $150,000 after suing the former employee a London restaurant for anti-LGBTQ discrimination. The couple told the court they had been bullied for months on end and endured constant slurs from colleagues at the Italian restaurant Piatto. So, Scatina... Here's where it gets really good. He was part owner of the business with three other guys. He said he never received a dividend payment which was const- and was constantly harassed and threatened by the other three directors who also baselessly accused him of stealing from the cash register. Wow. So, a series of WhatsApp messages between the other three di- directors revealed that they were discussing a way to set up a nice trap so they could speed up the process to kick him out. So that conversation was sent to Scatina by one of the directors and caused such a severe panic attack that Scatina had to go on sick leave, which he was not paid for. Of course not. Of course not. So a panel reportedly determined that there was more than enough evidence that they had tried to force Scatina out of the restaurant because he would get he was gay. The couple said the restaurant leaders and one of their friends referred to Jernanik as a waitress on more than one occasion and also called him the F word as well as other slurs on a regular basis and when he would ask them to stop they would laugh. 
That's busted. That's childish bullying. Yeah, it is. That's like elementary school bullying tactics. That's so stupid. One of the directors also threatened Jernanek by saying his family is in the mafia and he could kill him and hurt his husband's family. Wow. How, how insecure are you with yourself that you have to actually do that? Right. I mean, that's threatening their life. Yeah, it is. And to be honest with you, $150,000 is not enough. Nope. I agree. And it was split up. Uh, Jernanek was awarded approximately 51000 and Skatina was awarded almost 102000 Because he was the owner. Yeah. I he guess he's not in the restaurant anymore. No, no, no. They have established they suffered from unwanted conduct as a result of their sexual orientation, is what the judge said. So, yeah. That's well, at least crazy. in London you get a fair shake. Yeah. Yeah. At least in London, they they come out and say, hey, we're not going to take this. We've had our own wins here. We got rid of Doma. Yeah. We got Edie Windsor that was able to get benefits for spouses that served in the military. Right. Right. So let's talk drag race. Run, run. RuPaul's Drag Race is back, season 15. So, what do you think? Have you watched the first episode? I did. I liked it. I thought it was fun. I I knew, of course, you know that they were gonna do two separate people, two oh, separate things again. But I'm glad they brought them together by the end of the first episode. Right. Instead of doing like they did last time, where they had them, you know, it's like two or three episodes in before. And I'm glad somebody went home. I didn't yes. like. I wasn't happy with who went home, but I'm glad somebody went home. But there's always they can bring them back. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that in these times that they're promoting Drag Race at the same time there's this backlash against, against us. Yeah, I was out on Friday, and because it's on MTV, a lot of places that you would normally not see Drag Race are showing. Yeah. Yep. I thought it was a fun episode. So did both I. Of, both of them. Yeah, both groups. They went back to the very first, the very first mini challenge where the photo shoot, the photo shoot with the water being sprayed on them, and then the second group had the air, the fan being being blown on them really hard. I thought it was really fun. I thought so, too. I thought Ariana Grande, when she came out, was fantastic. Oh, my gosh. That was so funny. Because, yes, I was like, Ornacia. Exactly. Yay, Ornacia. And I'm like, but that is not. Um, it was a red herring, uh, a distraction. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, you could tell it was someone short. And she's little. Yeah. You know, it wasn't mother. Right. <laughs> I thought it was fun. Right, but then, but then, what's her name? The drag queen. What's her name? Anitra. No, not Anitra. The um, mother. Mother oh. has arrived with Ornacia. Right. She came in the second show, and it was her. Right. I was like, all right. They each got to meet somebody different. Yeah. And then they got judged by Ariana. Yeah. Yeah, but I bet you that second group is jealous that the first group got to spend time with Ariana Grande. 
But they, they got to spend time with mother. That's true. I mean, it's both experiences that you really can't swap off. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a good kickoff. Oh, it was a very good kickoff. There's a lot of talent. A lot. And that was what they did, their talent show. And yes, I love Anitra. Yeah. She was my favorite. She's very media savvy. She posted that the next day, and it was everywhere. Yes. Very. It was edited perfect, and it was everywhere. My name is six letters. Three is our vowels. <laughs> Walk the duck. Duck. Uh, it was the done. karate chops that and sent then, me over. Yes. It was like, okay, how long is she going to duck walk? And then she just, with her hand and then her legs kicked. And I'm like, oh, that my god. That roundhouse gosh. kick. Yes. Face crack. Boop. Everyone, even Marsha, Marsha, Marsha was like, stop it. I mean, there's some girls that you know they're not going to make. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. The one that's she like, needs... I never pad. Oh, my gosh, I know. I know. That hate is, to break it to you, sis, but you're gonna have to pad here. You're gonna have to. Yeah. And she and you to, can't look like a mastiff. And the way and she does. Yeah, she does. And the way that they said it to her, if you you know because her her waist is tiny, but if she if she had some nice big hips and butt, then her waist would look really tiny. Right. And she, but she's not. Doesn't pad. Doesn't wear boobs. I know. And it was interesting. I get that. I understand it. It's a it's a form of drag. But when you are vying for America's next drag superstar and two hundred thousand dollars smackers. And two hundred yeah. You better learn to pad. Mm. Or you better show diversity and not be like, Oh, I don't pad. Yeah. No. Yeah, that her little comeback was like, mm, don't know if you're gonna make it. Exactly, exactly. I really, I like, I, I really like Marsha, 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 but I don't think she's gonna make it far. I love that they read her with, well, going on forward, you're gonna need to put on more than gloss and mascara, right? Because she looks just like herself, you know. That's the New York queen, and her drag is is pedestrian drag it's uh, oh, off the rack drag yeah and oh my gosh the big girl Irene mistress oh yeah and her little tiny spike heel <laughs> I felt bad for those shoes yes, I oh. felt bad for those shoes I felt bad for her because everybody was reading her about them yeah but and then I can't remember who it was. Someone that was wearing all black and they had black tennis shoes on. Oh yeah, and that was weird. I was like, "Why are you wearing tennis shoes? Black tennis shoes?" Yeah, that's one thing. Rue's like tennis shoes are never on the runway. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I was I really liked the talent show. I felt bad for um, um, Irene, who went home. Yeah. She sang live, and it just did not work in her favor. Not really. And that was sad. Wait, she did, she's not the one who went home. Irene, Irene did the water, the water joke. That's what hers was, was, was pouring water, which was really stupid. No, Irene did go home. 
No, yeah, I know she went home, but she didn't do. She did the water, pouring the water, didn't she? Right. No. The ice water. Yeah, the ice water. Yeah. And yeah, that was weird. That was. That was. Irene Dubois. Yeah. Yes, it was weird. The um, I I'm starting to get confused, and <laughs> that's not so hard for me. But yeah, and I was very happy with Anitra. She was my absolute favorite. I thought Sasha Colby. I think she's gonna go much further than Carrie. Pretty far. Went. Lucy DeLuca was funny. Oh, I really like Lucy DeLuca. Yeah, I really like her. She was the one who sang her own. Yeah. And then Sugar and Spice. I don't know. It's cute that they're twins. It's cute that they're twins. I thought, at first I thought, oh, they've only been doing this for a few months. They were on TikTok. They only do TikTok. They've never performed. Oh, my gosh. But whenever they both performed their numbers, I thought they did pretty good for people that really haven't been doing drag very long. Exactly. And they're good at bantering with each other, but yeah. they're not really good at bantering with the rest of the people. Right. Because they're just so used to doing each other. Yeah. Somebody said they should be called canned bits. Yes. Which I don't really disagree with, but maybe there'll be some growth. That's what I think. Yeah. But there's a lot of people from Connecticut. There's a lot. I never knew Connecticut was so draggy. I didn't either. When they kept talking and everyone knowing each other, I was like, oh my gosh. And like, yeah, another Connecticut queen. Yeah. Con little tiny Connecticut. And Robin Fierce is the other Connecticut queen. Yes. Yes. Which hers, she had the energy. Robin Fierce has the worst drag name this season, but she makes up for it with her face. <laughs> I think she was, I, I think she looks a lot like Jaden. Yeah, kind of. I think she looked a lot like Jaden, um, but she her her energy when she was dancing, her energy she hit all the all the drag queen dance moves. Yep, and then Jack. Yes, that girl can dance. Yes, Andy's cute, very. And then Amethyst. Mm. Amethyst got lost. Yeah, me. no more white girl twerking. Oh, I know. I mean enough. And then Selena STV. She's loud. Loud. She is so loud. How many times did she say the word Quintessetta? Oh, I know. Queen, she got, oh, it's because it's the 15th season. So she made sure she said it over and over. That's how many more years that Bianca I has a lot. Quintessetta, yes. Oh, yes, mama, yeah. She's so loud. Yeah. And then Lux Nor London. What I thought about with her, I was not in Lux, nor, but, um... Amethyst? No, Selena. Oh, Selena. I, I keep, I was thinking how it just comes across as fake, as some kind of a character, as opposed to what they want to know on that show. They want to know the real you. Right. You know, it's like, like what they said back in the day to, um, Laganja Strandra. Oh, do you really talk like that all the time? Oh, yes, mama. Yes, I do. <laughs> you know, and no, you don't. No, you, you don't, don't talk like that all the time. We And we want to see who you really are. And they've said that so many times. I'm feeling that Selena is going to get that speech because she is just 
a hundred. Her dial is no, set. No, she's like a one uh, one twenty. Yeah, she is just like way up there, mm. way up there. She's taking that J Lo. Let's get loud and doing it. Yeah, yeah, and she's getting extra loud. But um, I, the one that did. The one that did, the one that was in, like, and did the thing that they were in love with Ross. That was hysterical. That was funny. That was clever. Because that was proper ballet, too. Yes. Oh, I know. The ballet parts were very good. And the way she put the ballets into the dance, it was, it was seamless. Yep. I was, I think she's going to go far. She reminded me a little bit of Willow Pill. Yeah. It was just off enough. But it was spectacular to watch. Right. But it was just a little twisted. Yep. Yep. I thought it was really good. Bonus point for her picking Ross and doing that in front of Ross. It's within there. I mean, it wouldn't have meant so much if she picked Ross and say Carson was there. Or G.S. Madison. Yeah. That's right, because she's going to be on, too. Right. So, another drag race story... Coming out of Canada's Drag Race, Canada versus the World, Victoria Scone makes Drag Race history with the show's first ever marriage proposal. Aww. Now, Jocelyn Fox, back in season six, got married on this final stage. Rue married her and her husband. But Victoria made history by proposing to her girlfriend on the Canada Drag Race, Canada versus World stage. Nice. Yes. She is the first cis woman to ever compete in RuPaul's Drag Race. And the first person to sport Drag King attire on the runway. Kind of. I, I didn't see it, so... Drag King attire. I, I know Drag I, King attire is. Yeah, but the first person to sport Drag King attire, I would think that would have been um, Lady Camden when she did her... Freddie Mercury when she fell and came back up as Freddie Mercury. But that's not really Drag that's King. That's kind of a stunt. That's just a character, I would right. say. Because Drag King, I think, you know... Is a woman being a man. Yeah. Although, we, it, Which could is be still a drag. Cis, it could be a cis man overdoing his... Magimorphous. Yeah. Yeah. Live, live forever in that clown cottage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she became the first person to propose to their significant other on a franchise main stage. She was talking to the panel of judges from her post among the top four contestants on the finale. Um, and she reflected on her drag race journey before she made the big announcement. She said, when I left my previous season, I thought I had let down the world as well as myself. And I stand here now so happy with what I've done. I wouldn't change a single second. If I could get down on two knees and beg for it, I would. But I want to get on one knee for a different reason. That's Aww. how she said it. Isn't that so neat? Aww. That is just so neat. She exited. She was in season three of Canada's Drag Race. She, or she had a knee injury and she exited early. Well, that's why she can't get down on two knees. Yes. And so she, so the judges, of course, were Brooklyn Heights, because she's the main judge there. And they had guest judge Monet Exchange there. And she said, I would like to propose to my girlfriend, Danny, because I wouldn't be here now if it wasn't for her. She's a better half of me. And I couldn't have done this without her. So, Danny, we're probably watching this together right now. Will you marry me? 
Aww. Isn't that awesome? I just think it's cool that it's gonna be... It's gonna be, you know, that it's... She's the first cis woman. So it's the first cisgender drag queen. I wonder if that's gonna spill over into you, ours. To ours. Eventually. I hope so. I think it will. Because now this is the second time that they've had trans. Carrie Colby and now Sasha. And then they had the whole year of people coming out as trans while oh, they that's were in. been going on since season two when right. when um um Sonique came out. Yeah. Uh, just amazing. So then it didn't end there. It didn't end there because everybody was smiling, looking on. And fellow finalists in Drag Race Season 11 and All-Star 6 Queen Raja O'Hara was there also. She's telling Danny, say yes. Then later, as the queens were backstage with the eliminated queens, the Reverend Dr. Silky Nutmeg Ganache hilariously offered to oversee the couple's nuptials. Nice. She said, I am ordained and I can't wait to officiate. I adore Danny. She just fits me so perfectly is what, um, is what Victoria said. And I put a ring on it. So when she, in her confessional, she said that. So, wow. I just think that's the neatest thing ever. Congratulations. That's what I say, too. Oh, my gosh. Time is going by really fast. It is. It really did. It really is. So. So. There are 18 things that they are now saying on in Queerty that if you did any of these 18 things in the late 90s, early 2000s, you are 100% queer today. Probably did them all. I'm sure I did them all probably long before the 90s. If you accidentally wandered into the men's underwear section when your parents took you to the store, I will up that. I used to look at the men's underwear section in the JCPenney and Sears, Sears catalogs. Catalog. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to go through the store and then you and graduated to the International Mail Catalog. Oh my gosh, yes, and I even ordered from there. Everybody did. <laughs> I ordered lots of stuff from them. And you, some of it was just so gay. Yeah, very much so. For the, the, the time that it was and being some, made. And some of the models were actually Chippendale dancers. Or they did adult films. And adult, yeah, exactly. If you watch Britney Spears Me Against the Machine video Me Against the Music video over and over so you can learn the choreography. Nope. Which I think could be said about any Britney video. I never did that. I'm not a choreography person. Nope. If you thought Lizzie McGuire was a true icon style. Nope. Style icon. I was too old. If you rewatch that scene of Cruel Intentions. I was too old. Me too. If you waited until your parents went to bed to download adult content off LimeWire, I, I was old enough to Too not old. have to wait, but I did do that. If you learned how to catfish through sketchy chat rooms on Yahoo or MSN Messenger. AOL. Yeah. If you didn't dare let anyone check out your iPod and fear they'd discover all the gay music on there. Didn't care. Me neither. If you rocked a sweater vest unironically didn't do that i did no actually i never did i had one but no <laughs> didn't i didn't wear it. wear it if you were so star for queer representation that you convinced yourself you had a crush on jack the gay character on dawson's creek even though you didn't 
No, I like to, um, um, James Vanderbeek. Yeah. If you chose a female character in any video game ever. Never played. I don't play videos that much. If you pretended you didn't like Sex in the City, I never watched. I didn't watch it. Neither. It wasn't my thing. If you pretended you didn't like Destiny's Child, they were okay. I thought they, they were, were good. I didn't have to pretend I didn't like them. I liked them. If you had your gay awakening when you read this book and the entire series, even though you were only like nine, which was vampires don't wear polka dots. Never heard of it. Me neither. As a Bailey school thing. If you listen to Nelly Furtado, I'm like a bird on repeat. You didn't have to. The radio played it on repeat a lot. Side note. Bianca used to do that in drag and she called it hung like a bird. Yeah. If Polly Pockets were your ride or die. No. Ew. Polly Pockets. Little, little. Is that like a hot pocket? Mi miniature Polly Pockets. That's for dolls that you could put in a pocket. Stupid. If you thought you could have sex with no lube after watching Brokeback Mountain only to discover later, you most certainly cannot. If you played with Furbies because they understood you in a way no one else did. Oh, Lord. And finally, if you know who these people are, congrats. You are 100% gay, and I cannot tell you who they are. There were two guys that were shown that I'm like, I don't know who they are. Yep, I don't know who they are either, then. <laughs> Too old for that. Wow. So, yeah. That's... That's something, honey. If you did any of those things, you are 100% gay, according yeah. to Queerty. According to Queerty. Queerty, Queerty. So, Macy's CEO. Yeah. Macy's CEO, he um, is openly gay. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. He started out as a stock boy and made his way up. Yeah. I read this. Yeah, I was like really surprised. I think he was surprised as well that he that that he's you know came out and was like, hey, you know, he's really doing good for the company. Really doing good for the company, and he came out as gay. And have to say yay to that. Yay, gay. Well, well, that was not like smooth happening, but smooth it's been enough. Yes, smooth. This has been another edition of Outlaw Orlando, the Homo Happy Hour, the most unique radio show and podcast heard of its kind. Remember, you can catch us at www.homohappyhour.com to catch up on past episodes. We are one human family, somewhat dysfunctional, but still one human family. Always fight the good fights and swing first. Let justice roll. Remember, I am DJ Crazy JC John. I'm the Elderberry. I love you. I love you. And we will see you next Tuesday. Come on, drag race.